This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Equity minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. And whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. Now, while we are licensed, we're not aware of your financial circumstances. So all information on this show is for education and entertainment purposes only, and any advice is general. And if you're just getting up to speed and you're just starting your investing journey, then we do have a podcast called Get Started Investing that might help you get up with, to speed with the basics. But with that said, my name is Bryce. And as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. A big episode today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the big announcement from Apple last week, the uh, Vision Pro and what that might mean for investors. We're going to be picking up the conversation around your mentored conversation and some of the actions that you've been working on. And we're going to be speaking to a member of the Equimates community. But first of all, uh, we need to just take a quick minute and talk about FinFest. Yes, we do have an update. And Ren, regrettably, we've decided to postpone FinFest until 2024. Last year, we put in a huge amount of effort to launch FinFest, but when we couldn't have achieved it without firstly your support, the Equity Mates community, but also the backing of a lot of our major partners. And the current economic climate and cost of living crisis has seen many businesses reduce their marketing budgets. And as a result, it's become uh, impossible to deliver FinFest 2023 at the scale and quality that we really want. So we did explore the option of hosting a smaller event. We did explore the option of increasing ticket prices, but it became clear that it wouldn't live up to the standards that we set for ourselves uh, for FinFest last year. Yeah. Now there is Good news. We do have a date for 2024, 26th of October. Marketing the calendars. Uh, we're really excited to bring another FinFest and uh, I guess fingers crossed touch wood that their marketing budgets in the finance sector are back where they were. <laughs> but yeah, for, for now, uh, for this year, for this moment, 
we can't throw it. Yeah, we don't want to compromise the experience that we created for you guys last year. And as the saying goes, we are only as good as our last event and we want to make sure that the next one surpasses all expectations. So we're pausing 2024. It'll be back October 26th. There is still a link, equitymates.com slash FinFest, where you can leave your details and keep up to date with uh, tickets and information as it comes. But despite the postponement, we still do want to offer in-person events during this year because so many of you uh, have put your name down. So we're going to ensure that later on in this year, we get around to uh, some of the cities in Australia to connect with you guys and do some cool stuff as well. So stay tuned for that. We do apologize if it's caused any inconvenience for, for any of you, but we do thank you for your support as always and look forward to seeing you either later this year or at FinFest next year. That's it. All right, Bryce, well, let's get into it uh, and let's start with the news of the moment. And that is we have potentially seen the next step forward in computing or a massive white elephant, and that is Apple's new Vision Pro. Mm. What did you think? I was pretty impressed, but Apple always have a really slick launch mm. and then uh the first users because the, the first user tests and like re- reviews have been very positive but you apple are giving it to big fans of their products and you know tech people who are early adopters so i'm excited to try it i think is my my big takeaway now same i would love to try it they do do an epic job at making things look cool I think when Apple do ever release anything, it is of such quality. Your comment at the top, is it the future or is it a a white elephant? That's, for me, the unknown, I think, in its current state. Well, I mean, you you came in hot to the office the day after. You said it was the future straight away. It is. You were like, I'll write a check right now if I could get one. I think in 10 years... So, apparently, the... you can see the evolution of, of this being something along the lines of in its current state, it looks like ski goggles and it's got a cord going to a battery that sits in your back pocket and it lasts like two hours yeah. or something like that. You can obviously see a progression where technology becomes better and and the ability for it to project at higher quality and across smaller lens with better battery life, et cetera, et cetera. Over time, you're getting to the point where you're literally wearing what would be a normal pair of glasses and it doesn't look anywhere near as obtrusive and nerdy and uh, unsocial. And at that point, we'll look back on this moment and probably be like, wow, that was the iPhone of 2008. Look how far we've come. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably important to just set the context that we have seen this before from other big tech players and Google was the first. 2013, they launched the Google Glass, which is exactly what you're talking about. The glass, the smaller glasses. Yeah, but I don't think the technology, from what I've read and listened to, the technology isn't there to deliver what Apple yeah. has put into theirs, which is communication via your eyes and hands. You're controlling your glasses. That and what you're seeing and visualizing is not there to get it into the glasses like I'm wearing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Google 2013 launched the Google Glass by uh, people hate it. Like people criticize it. The term glass holes gets uh, termed for 
people who are wearing Google Glasses, privacy concerns because people are out in public with the cameras filming and all of that stuff. By January 2015, launched in 2013, by January 2015, Google pull it off the market. Mm. They try and relaunch it, I think, a few years later as a B2B product and this year they've pulled it altogether. So Google Glass, failure. Microsoft come along 2016 with the uh, Microsoft HoloLens and uh, they pitch it more as a B2B product and it feels like it's got a little bit of traction but not a heap. They had a massive order for the US military. The US military bought about 100,000 of them. There's like some surgical applications where if you're a doctor or uh, you're a surgeon, you put the glasses on and it'll like show you where to cut. That's... Interesting. I hope my surgeons <laughs> yeah. know without the glasses. The best application I've heard of the Microsoft HoloLens is in warehouses. So, you know, like when you were working at Woolies and you went to a distribution center, people had the headsets on and they were told like, go to this bay, collect this, yep. that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, with the HoloLens, rather than getting told in your ear, it like, like the box that you got to pick will like light up in front of you yep. with the augmented reality. Yep. That's pretty cool. That is. But- Microsoft haven't had a heap of traction. Then comes along Meta, Facebook. They buy Oculus and then Meta launched the Quest. Quest, yeah. 2019. Meta Quest. The big difference between what Apple have got and what uh, Meta have got is that Meta is just virtual reality. You can't see through the glasses. Um, Apple is augmented reality. You can see through the glasses. Meta are trying to sell their product. It's about 10 times cheaper than... Uh, the the Apple glasses, but they haven't really hit. So that's if you the look at if you look at um, some videos online of people who have who have got the Vision Pro from Apple and the Meta Quest, and they're comparing the two, worlds apart really? in terms of quality. Yeah, worlds that apart. doesn't surprise me. Worlds apart. The point was raised that you know when when Meta went hard on Quest and Google and Co. and um, did Apple go? We need we, we're going to need to be in the game here let's sign off on development of our own glasses. Would Tim Cook, after the failure failure in inverted commas of all three of these, would Tim Cook be signing off now on the glasses knowing what he knows? Or alternative theory, Apple and Facebook have been explicitly criticising each other. Apple for Facebook's breach of privacy and data protection. Uh, Facebook because Apple basically killed their, well, really damaged their business model when they put some of their privacy stuff in. Like they've been pretty explicitly warring. Did, uh, is this a spite project from Tim Cook? Well, that's <laughs> I think what this suggestion was. Let's just do something to make sure we have, we're in the game yeah. and they've done it and it's better. But like from an investor point of view, a shareholder of Apple and from like a meaningful revenue generating idea, I think the maths are that they're projecting to sell 150,000 units of this thing, which is going to be about 500 million I mean, bucks. Those, pro- those projections just aren't <laughs> worth the paper they're written on at this point. Like it, you know, like, well, I mean, Apple are projecting that. Yeah, but yeah. like what were they projecting for the iPhone back in the day? It's like... Well, no, no, this is first year. Yeah. This year they're saying at the unit price, based on what we know, we're expecting to sell 150,000. So it's 500 million in revenue. Mm. They made almost four hundred billion, so it's a tiny speck in the yeah, grand scheme. Yeah, yeah. Of it is the biggest product that Tim Cook has launched. Yeah. I think outside of this, it was uh, AirPods and Apple Watch. I'm loving the rumors that Apple uh, is on track to be one of the first companies to hit a trillion in revenue, but to do that, 
it's like, what do they need to do? And my, my, my friend, uh, my mate, Scott Galloway, <laughs> he is really bullish on Apple coming out with the car. He reckons that's how they get oh, yeah. to a trillion in revenue, an Apple car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hook up with some... Tesla. Well, yeah, or you hook up with some car manufacturer who has the capacity, Yeah, make it beautiful. There's an argument, though, that they have, with the car play, they've decided we don't need the car. The value is in owning the car's tech ecosystem and being, like, the point of sale and the app store for the car and stuff like that. And the car plays in, like, I think over 200 million cars or something mm, stupid mm. these days. You know who must be peaking? Snap. Snap. They, they were original, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, pitched yeah. themselves in as, as an augmented reality play yeah, yeah, and they've yeah, yeah. tried the glasses a couple of times <laughs> and they're just going to get blown out of the water by these big companies and their big budgets. Yeah, I remember we were at uni and they brought out the... Um the Ray-Bans with, yeah, with, yeah, the yeah. Little, with the little lens in it. When they IPO'd, they, they were yeah. like, we're not a mm. messaging app, mm. we're a hardware company. But it's good that they've realised where their talents and core customers lie and it's not in VR, it's in instant messaging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What we saw in the product launch was uh, people wearing the glasses and then creating screens in the glasses. And it's just a reminder that when we launch new technology we really anchor to old technology um and so it's like we put these glasses on where we don't need things to be in a screen like we use screens because they're the best way for us to see content like whatever's on our computer but with these glasses like it could be immersive you know, Alf was talking about how you could wear them while playing golf and you could have like a full you could tell it to project 10,000 people in the crowd watching you and cheering you on as you as you hit your part but instead it's like we just create tv screens or computer screens in yeah. through the glasses that and makes sense well, for, na- for now yeah well the the thing is like that's not how these will be used yeah, but again, like it's the first iteration. Yeah, in 10 yeah, years, yeah. the golf will be there. Imagine going cycling, you'll have them on. It'll give you all your stats. It'll show you how to take corners, it, driving. Like it'll all be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's just like rather than like watching, you know, they showed us like, oh, you'll watch the sport and you'll create a screen in front of you and you can make the screen whatever size you want. But it'll be like, no, you're sitting in the game. Yeah, in fu- you would think yeah, so yeah, in the yeah. future. But for now, like you, I don't think you could, you, you couldn't do that because the way that, no, but get it's us, all, get it's us all excited fed. about the it. way it's all fed in. I like the idea of it. We'll never need a computer. It'll just be like I throw the I throw my glasses on. I can have a screen. I can have Excel anywhere. You know who would be shaking in their boots is screen makers, yeah. like TV makers, computer well, Apple, monitor they makers. They might be putting themselves out. Apple don't make TVs. They make screens. Uh, that, that would be a third party manufacturer that, that they make computers. They do make computers. You're not wrong. <laughs> and they phones. literally make computers. It, it just reminded me of the early days of the internet, where it was like, now you can have a newspaper on a computer, and then it's like, oh no, the the use cases of this were just unimaginable at that time. Yeah. And I think that's the same here. Yeah. If it hits. I it'll hit. I'm very <laughs> I'm very bullish. If you're bullish, let us know. Do or you own do you own Apple? Yeah. Well I own it in through Fang. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the same. I don't yeah. own it directly. So if you're bullish or bearish, come and join us in the community, uh, the Facebook discussion group to uh, keep the conversation going. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you're, a, if you're a shareholder, what do you think it means? If you're not, does this change your mind? So uh, come and join us in the Equity Mates Facebook discussion group. But Ren, we're going to take a quick, quick break. And on the other side, we're going to pick up my uh, mentored progression with, uh, with Henry. I had some work to do. So uh, let's crack in straight after this. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Ren, we are on our journey with uh, our mentors, our coaches. If you've just joined us for the first time, Ren and I have uh, each paired up with uh, an expert investor. Ren's with Andrew Page. I'm with Henry Jennings from uh, Marcus Today. And throughout this year, we're sitting down with them to discuss and try and become better investors and find new ways of uh, building an investing universe and and, uh, making some investments. Now, last week, Ren, we spoke about uh, a strategy with Henry around finding what is called the dog kennels. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The stocks that have been slammed over the last 12 months and potentially have a catalyst to come in uh, 2024 or in the next financial year more specifically as people sell their stocks going into the end of financial year to capture the capital gains. Oh, no, to capture the capital losses. Capture capital losses, yeah. So I, um, so I actually gave Henry a buzz yesterday just to um, touch base with him. He's a very catalyst-driven guy. We should – no, I didn't actually record it. I, it was a great convo as well. I'm kind of kicking myself. I feel like that was the explicit rule when I we know, start this, I know. record well, everything. It wasn't intended to be a conversation about this, but it turned into one. And I was, are, you, and halfway are, you doing, through, are you doing social catch-ups with yeah, your Yeah, just uh, how's it going? And halfway through, I'm like, damn it, I should be recording this because it would have just been so much better. But um, overnight, the Fed have, um, have Pause. paused interest rates and we're in a bull market all of a sudden since the lows of October uh, over in the US particularly, the NASDAQ and the S&P are up over 20%. NASDAQ is up more than 30%. Yeah. yeah. So technically that means we're from bottom to 20%, you classify yourself as in a bull market. So we're in a bull market, which is just crazy. And so for Henry, it's it's... This is a catalyst for him. He's just thinking where, you know, everyone keeps talking of recession, but unemployment in in America is still incredibly low. Inflation, he now thinks, is a rounding error at 4%. And so the only thing, and he feels like there's a lot of FOMO now and greed starting to come back into the market. So how far that can go, who knows? But it is interesting, since we last spoke, we were talking about the, the AI bubble 
And a lot of those stocks have come off. Appen we were talking about is down 20, 25% within the space of a couple of weeks from its high. So luckily I didn't get on that trade. I just sat that out. But I uh, pulled a list of worst performing stocks, Ren, and what I did was pulled uh, every company in Australia that has fallen in the last 12 months. There's 1,409 of them. So then I added uh, stocks that are down in the last month. So that brought it down to uh, 1,008. And then I added a market cap of 100 million or more because you want a bit of liquidity. So that gave 288. And some interesting stocks in there. Zip, obviously, is a big one that has been absolutely smashed. So what I've tried to do here is just pull a list and now I'm going to watch this list over the next two to three weeks if increased selling continues and then have a chat with Henry about where do we think there's opportunity for a catalyst? Because <laughs> it's interesting as some of them... Uh, yeah, we'll get to some. But anyway, Zip down 67%. Uh, there's a lot of um, retail in there. Beacon Lighting down 29. Baby Bunting down 69. Nick Scarly, Adairs all getting hammered. The ASX down 22%. Now I called Henry about this. Did you know SIBO, which is the competing exchange yeah, here, now has 20% market share? There you go. Yeah. And but so like in... Like what in what in like commodities or in like options and futures or I, th- I don't know because like they're not they don't have a lot of direct equities I mean they have that that they've got the, that, that uh, tracking thing yeah but I, like who's buying the tracking DR what are they called DRSs I don't know aren't, no aren't they tr- ADRs or whatever it is no that's like when a Chinese stock is listed in the US through an alternate deposit receipt or whatever it's called yeah don't doesn't Cebo do that maybe I thought they just did. Um, they just tracked the ASX listed stock somehow. Right. Well, he was saying a lot of the industry, the fundies really like the SIBO guys. Right. And, and the, the um, ASX is really battling with the reputation they had with chess. Yeah. And the whole stuff up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's down 22%, but he said it's in the dog kennel. Don't go, don't go near it. I mean, like some of the companies he said there, like Nick Scarly has been a great company, great company. for a long time. Yeah. Um, not a industry that gets me super excited, the furniture industry. Um, but like you're picking a lot of companies that are just like not great. Yeah. Well, this is the point. They're in the dog kennel. And I think... Uh, it's such an uninspiring way to invest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, know. Um, I don't think I'll make any investments from this. I think I was clear with that last week. I'm just interested to see how this how the strategy, strategy plays, plays out. out. Yeah, like for me, it's like Zip, for example, down 67%. They just did a cap- capital raise. I think their stock is at about... Um, at, 70 cents or something? No, it's a bit lower than that. 49 cents. They just did a capital raise themselves at 47 cents. So like... That gives you an idea of where they think their valuation is. No, that's not where they <laughs> think their valuation is. That's where the market is willing to... Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, that's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, interestingly, they abandoned the Sezzle deal. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Since then, Sezzle has actually performed better than Zip. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think Sezzle is actually up something like a thousand percent in the last year or something off the back of that (laughs) something crazy anyway calyx is one that we have we have spoken with henry about before and was one of those stocks about a year ago that um everyone was speaking about it's down 35 percent, but nothing has changed a lot there there's just no new news macquarie down Bailador Ren, down 22%. Oh, yeah. Great opportunity here. Called Henry about this as well. Thinks he, he's, he thinks this is quite an interesting one. Heaps of cash on the balance sheet. 
questioning whether it's a good opportunity for them to do a buyback. But just like we know after speaking with Paul, um, obviously their biggest holding is SiteMinder. InstaScripts is up for sale. They haven't uh, exited it yet, but that could be a really good boost if it does happen. And obviously trading at a massive discount at the moment, which is how they run things. I'm a Baylor You're a Baylor yeah. shareholder, yeah. So there are a couple of names. I'm just going to keep an eye can on I, them. Can I just go back to Sezzle? You said it's up 1,000%. It did a it did a stock consolidation a that, reverse split go. thirty eight for one. There you go thirty eight for Come one. Let's on, <laughs> <you laughs> <go>. not. <laughs> <laughs> so and what that means uh, is that for people who owned shares when Sezzle was in like the twenty cent range, Sezzle took for every thirty eight shares you had, they just gave you one, and now it's in like the twenty five dollar range. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Zip's an interesting one. We actually went and spoke with Larry Diamond, CEO, while we were in the states. Um, He's obviously very bullish. He's a great guy to chat to, mm. but um, yeah. Like th- that's the thing with some of these guys. Like they built incredible businesses, but the market got so ahead of its skis that now everyone is like, ah, oh, it's terrible because it, they've come off so much. Yeah. But it's like if you just hadn't had the bull market of 2020 and 2021, you'd be like, oh, it's an Aussie payments company expanding yeah. to the US. Yeah. But like expectate – like share prices has such a signaling mechanism and you've got to keep up with the hype. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the list I'm going to keep an eye on. I just want to close out with two pieces of audio from our conversation last time. This is purely for the lithium lovers out there on uh, what Henry hopes is going to be a 10 bagger. And then you look at a company, you know, we've been, um, I've been looking at a thing called Latin Resources, which is another oh, lithium yeah. hopeful. LRS is the stock code there, which is in Brazil yeah. uh, with a project called Salinas. And we, we've talked about Catalyst before, and, and I saw these guys present at a resource conference, and a very sharply dressed, mild mannered CFO got up and made the presentation. He'd only been with the company a couple of months. He'd lived in Brazil for three years, so he obviously spoke Portuguese. Very mild-mannered, very softly spoken, very confident, and he knew his stuff. He knew it inside out, backwards, and not the geology, not the, but the, the funding, the finance, the potential, and he knew which buttons to push. And at the time, you know, we were talking about Latin at eight or nine cents, you know, a, a while ago, six months ago, say. Um, and I looked at it at 13 cents and said, you know, this is going to pop. And it did. It went to 18 and it stuck there. So that's good. It's easy in some respects because he was talking catalysts and timelines you know every time something happens with a miner and we've talked about this before whether it's funding pre-feasibility definitive or final investment decision every step along the journey as a business if it ticks the box then it should be re-rated so for latin their next door neighbor is a company called sigma which um, had a 13 million ton lithium deposit and they now got a 105 million tonne lithium deposit. It's taken them four years to, to prove it up to that size. But in that four years, the company's gone from worth tens of or hundreds of millions to billions. And you can see the journey with Latin, which is due a, you know, an upgrade in June. You can see that journey, that timeline, because they want to go from 13 to 100. Yeah. And if they do, then the valuation will follow yeah so it'll turn into a 10 bagger from where it is at the moment i mean it's it's got to tickle the boxes and it's got to find 100 million tons and prove it up 
but that in theory is the catalyst that you'll see along the along that journey so henry is deep in the lithium scene knows a lot about it at the time of recording 15th of june the re-rating hasn't come but it is coming this month so if you're a lithium fan out there don't take this as investment advice but there's just a little bit of insight from henry i did talk to him about it yesterday he's super bullish currently trading at 20 cents yeah. This is not investment advice. No, no. <laughs> certainly one to add to the watch list if yep. you are interested in the lithium space. Um, yes. Now, Ren, just to close out. So just to summarise where you, you and Henry are at, it's basically like what are the worst companies and where are the mining speckies? The dog kennels and the mining speckies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as I said at the top, as I said, I think last week, and I said 80% of my investing strategy here is not changing. It's the core. I have made a couple of other investments outside though recently. What did you uh, buy? Uh, more Macquarie. I can love Macquarie. Not investment advice. Not investment <laughs> of advice. I've uh, done one from a stock tip that we've got here from the Equity Mates oh, community. Yeah. I don't think you can say that. That's way too small. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is, but uh, I'm in it, as are some of the other guys. It's a resources company. I've also gone long on ATEC, the Australian technology ETF that I have um, ticking away, put a bit more in that, and also a bit more in FANG Plus, which is just a more concentrated um, technology ETF. Nice. So ticking away at both of those. Uh, not investment advice, of course. <laughs> so, Ren, to close out here, we've just come back from Berkshire and Warren Buffett's number one rule is don't lose money and his second rule... <laughs> Invest in dogs and specky stocks. <laughs> and his second rule is don't forget rule number one. Yeah. And so I just asked Henry what his thoughts on that were and how uh, at our age should we or could we be thinking about capital preservation because I my current investment strategy is long equities, ultra long, and I don't have a, like a capital preservation strategy, so to speak. Like I'm not, uh, I don't have a huge defensive part to my portfolio and I'm definitely not selling in and out. Like if I see a moment in time where I've got profit, I'm, yeah, not, but, I'm not trying to capture that. But neither's Warren. Like that's not what he means. That's exactly what Henry said. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get so to let's just close it out with uh, Henry's thoughts on um, how we should be thinking about markets and capital preservation at our age. I think you're thinking about it exactly right. You've got a long road in front of you. You're only a young guy. Um, even if the worst happens and the market drops 25, 30%, you know, you've still got years in front of you to recoup that. Not everything will drop. Uh, Buffett may have his rule about not losing money, rule number one and rule number two, but he also talks about buying a business. Doesn't matter if the stock market closes for five years. So he's looking through that short-term volatility. So rule number one and rule number two, kind of as hard if, it's, if the stock market closes for five years and the business is just still the business. There's a bit sort of contradictory there. I, I think at your age, I think, you know, people starting out on their investment journey, time is on their side, you know, as the Stones rightly pointed out. You can afford blips. And when you look back, even, you know, the biggest blip I saw, apart from the GFC, which was a pretty big blip, um, was the 87 crash. Uh, it was a very... For me, that was a, I was 25 when the 87 crash came up. And, you know, I didn't, luckily I was relatively impoverished at the time. So I didn't actually have a lot of money in the market. But when you look on the big scale of things, you know, the 87 crash is a tiny weeny little thing. We may look back in five years time and go the NVIDIA yeah. frenzy 
was just the biggest thing to hit the market since the GFC, but in the other way. So time is on your side. I, th I think, you know, if you want to do capital preservation, there are ways to do it short term. But you, ultimately, you, you're looking at the long term. You're looking at you know, building wealth over 20, 30, 40 years rather than retiring in three years time. Yeah. You can afford dollar cost averaging or, or whatever you want to call it, um, averaging down or just putting in that money over a long period of time every month or every week or whenever you've got it, it works. Mm. You know, why try and protect your capital when you're still in your 20s? I'm 32. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Baby face. All right, well, okay, well, let's change that. Um, I would protect your capital at all costs because you haven't got that long in true, front of you. True. But your, your time should be concentrated on your business, paying down your debts if you've got them, student whatever, or mortgages, if you can get one. Not that anybody can these days, apparently. Well, I'm currently in the midst of trying to get one. Are you? And I don't know if it's 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 hellish out there. Yes. It's hellish. Well, there you go, Ren. Um, as you said, buy dog kennels and spe specky socks. <laughs> so I actually had a chat with Andrew, my mentor, this yes, week. Yeah. And just as a tease for an upcoming episode, um, we're not we're taking a different path to Bryce and uh, we're we did some work on valuation. He gave us a valuation methodology uh, last time we chat chatted and uh, I actually went away and did some work and tried to do some back of the envelope uh, valuations. I did it for a couple of companies. We only spoke about one on the podcast. We might publish it on our website, the others, but that's coming up in a future episode. Awesome. Love it. We'll stick around because uh, next episode, we're also bringing in Julian McCormack to get his views on where the market goes from here as we are now entering a bull market. So Ren, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.